Welcome back to Beards and Brews. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and uh, ring that little bell so you know when we have another one brewing. This week's review is going to be Rush Hour from 1998 starring Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. Fellas, why is this such a great movie? Absolute classic. I just kept pulling parallels between this movie and the original Ninja Turtles. How so? Like the intro feels just like the intro to Ninja Turtles. Jackie Chan even pops out of the sewer. <laughs> And neither of them use guns. I guess I guess I can see it now. Yeah, there are so many, like, the, the biggest thing that I want to talk about with this movie is the dialogue. And there's so many lines that I didn't even realize were big parts of, like, my teenage years. That just, like, I don't know, me and my friends would say together and just, like, heh, to where, like, I had forgotten what it was actually from. It's just that ingrained in the, the what's it called, the zeitgeist or whatever of... Mm my friend group, you know, in, in high school or college or whatever. I think that's how, like, religions start, right? Like, it starts as, like, this, like, little thing and it explodes into this, like, whatever. I can get behind <laughs> a religion of rush hour. You walk into the church and it's like, ah, praise be to the Beach Boys. Which one of you kicked me in the face? Which one of you <laughs> kicked me in the face? <laughs> that's <me> great. <laughs> but, um... This movie, it follows the uh, path of, like, any other buddy cop movie, but this has so much fucking charm in it, and it's so fun to watch. Like, it totally just departs itself from, like, the Lethal Weapons and all that other shit that came out in the early 90s just because of 100% pure charisma. Jackie Chan is a pure treat throughout. Uh, Chris Tucker, too, honestly. Like, I'm not just yeah. going to give this just to uh, Jackie Chan. They both deserve it. They are both excellent in this movie. This is what they were both born to do. It's just like, this movie made me miss both of these guys horribly. Yeah. Like, I mean, a lot of people say, hey, Chris Tucker's annoying. No, he's fucking sharp as a tag. Like, everything that falls out of his mouth is either him filling space, but like in a really great comedic way, or just like 100% wit, you know? Yeah. yeah. Chris Tucker is definitely better than Chris Rock, though. Um, I think they both have their, their strengths. I would rather see Chris Rock up on stage than in a movie, and I'd rather yeah. see Chris Tucker in a movie like this. Yeah, like, I can't really think of a Chris Rock movie that I'm, like, nuts about, but, like, this movie with Chris Tucker is fucking fantastic, and there's always, like, Fifth Element to, like, fall back on, you know? Well, He's done some great stuff. He is. Uh, as far as Chris Rock goes, Dogma? Yeah, but, like, he wasn't, like, the star of that film. He was definitely, no. like, a supporting character. Like, maybe, maybe Head of State, just because Bernie Mac's in it. He's Never great. saw that. Man, that was an okay movie. <laughs> I, I don't doubt that that movie was just alright I'll tell you what <laughs> so basically we get our introduction to Jackie Chan gets on a boat beats some people up that's all you need to know meanwhile our introduction to some other characters involves I think it's some kind of like a little banquet at what is he he's a he's like a Chinese dignitary from Hong Kong at his yeah. house and he's got you know friends and family all around him including Jackie Chan. He's there too, but he's also got his little old man, his white friend, whose name I don't remember, Griffin or something. I'll just say, anyway, totally not the bad guy or nothing. Yeah, Totally yeah. not, yeah. Mr. Obvious Villain. But <laughs> yeah. this Chinese dignitary, I don't even remember his name either, but he plays a pretty important part of the movie. They're all celebrating a return of all of these artifacts from, you know, 5,000 years of Chinese history back to the Chinese people. See, that's uh, only half true. They were actually having that banquet because this is when Hong Kong was being returned from the United Kingdom. Oh, is that it? Yeah. 
That was the whole yeah. shtick, and just like just so happened, Jackie Chan foiled that whole export of the uh, the old stuff. <laughs> Jackie Chan saved China. It's true. I believe it. And then there's a conversation between like uh, Jackie Chan and the little girl, I guess the dignitary's daughter, mm-hmm. and it's clearly heartfelt. You know, they love each other, that kind of thing, and. He's maybe a godparent, or there's a real close connection that they want to really push on you. That way, his drive is explained as the movie goes on. Uh, did you guys have subtitles during this? I didn't have subtitles. I have no idea what they were saying. I no, did I don't not, think but like there are subtitles. Okay. Yeah, I didn't either. But like they could, I could definitely see from them like pantomiming. You know, it was fine. Yeah. Like especially in the beginning between Jackie Chan and like Far East Eminem. He was just like, hey, shoot me, shoot me. But, like, you know, Jackie Chan, it's a good way to show, like, he doesn't use guns. He's all just, like, you know, hand-to-hand combat. Mm-hmm. Well, he knows if he shoots Dan Dempson, then he'll just get street cred. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, I, I got pretty much the same thing that you got from, from this conversation with the little girl, the little Chinese girl. Like, yeah. you know, probably, like, a not-quite-father-uncle figure, like a godfather, maybe. Uncle! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, like, following, like, the banquet and everything, you get, like, a really, I guess, flavorful way to, like, introduce all these characters. You know, they're easy to pick out. You can follow them. And then smash cut the, you know, Los Angeles and uh, Chris Tucker's on the job trying to, like, get this guy to, like, sell him some C4 in front of some cops or whatever. Dude, me and the wife were sitting there watching this, and we 100% committed to thinking that he was the villain from Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's pretty oh. fucking close, like... As soon as he fucking walked on the screen, I was like, that dude. <laughs> I was like, he's going to need some antacids real fucking soon. <laughs> I mean, like, that dude was like, if they caught, like, the cast of Reservoir Dogs stunt double. Oh. Yeah, like, I remember him from something, but can't figure out what. He's and I didn't just, care enough to, like, look at the IMDb. He's just so stromboli. He's just like, like that fucking, <laughs> he's just like that fucking mob looking dude. Is it? Yeah. Oh, it is the guy from Reservoir Dogs, and... <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. I was, I was like, how does he look like him and not look like him at the same time? Stromboli. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but he's wearing the exact outfit from the fucking bad guy from Dumb and Dumber. And we were like, oh, man, it's the bad guy from Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> Wait, that's Chris Penn. No. Was he the bad guy from Dumb and Dumber? <laughs> <laughs> he just go on this, like, this long little avenue trying to figure everything out. You have, like, a head cannon. Yeah, that's just who he is now. Selling C4 on the way to Aspen. He's got to pay for his antacids. And his heart medicine. <laughs> fucking dude's trying to kill him with peppers. Oh, he blows the guy's pinky off and goes to jail for it. Yeah, I actually like this scene. It's uh, Chris Tucker is, uh, like we said, he's sort of undercover. He's LAPD trying to buy C4 off this, like, sketchy motherfucker. And, you know, he's like, oh, is that C4? Meanwhile, like, a couple of cops show up. And they don't know Chris Tucker don't know he's LAPD. It's just like, hey, that guy's trying to buy some C4. Like, I know he's trying to play it up. He's trying to play, you know, almost devil's advocate. He's like, just get out of here. I got this. Mm-hmm. In the in the fucking full two minutes, he was trying to, like, get these guys to fuck off. He could just, like, flash the badge real fast and totally save the situation. But it escalates immediately after. True. Yeah, true. Yeah, he's the best worst cop out there. It's almost like uh, the new guys. Oh, yeah, with uh, Will Ferrell and whatnot? Yeah, but this is also, like, a really weird scene in the sense that he's selling him C4 or the detonator or whatever, and the whole time I was like, does he have, like, some kind of light-up LED screwdriver? What is that? Yeah, it's it's certainly a screwdriver. Like, there's no way around it. 
And I like Chris Tucker. I really do. But I have such a hard time. As soon as I see him, I just revert back to Ruby Rod. And all I could think is he's like, <laughs> come on, come on, my man. I mean, it, it's a great place to go back to. But like, it's just these fucking like donut cops. Just like they're just like, hey, man, there's some crime happening. Can you stop doing this crime? And he's like, no, I got this. And the situation explodes. Fucking Stromboli pulls a gun on Chris Tucker. He tries to do some, like, fucking fancy thing. Both cops wind up getting nailed. One gets his pinky blown off, and one gets, like, shot in the kidney or, or whatever. Man. That's why they wanted to suspend him, not necessarily because the fucking quarter of block got blown off the face of L.A., but just because that cop lost his pinky. Yeah, like, when he... Okay, there ends up being a little bit of a chase here. Bad guy drives away. Chris Tucker shoots the car full of C4. Big explosion. Big bada boom. Yeah, downtown LA, you know, that's fine. But this cop lost a pinky. We forgot to mention that he is dressed identical to Shaft. Oh, shut your mouth. You're absolutely right. Absolutely. Because I feel like this whole movie, he's almost trying to do like his version of Axel Foley from Beverly Kills Cop. See, I felt like it was a bad ripoff of like Bad Boys, but like a real distant offshoot, kind of like Home Alone 3. So it'd be like Bad Boys 4. Bad Boy. (laughs) <laughs> one single boy and he is bad yeah, with it with an eye though and like and like the guy's like trying to get away and he starts firing like crazy and the guy's even like hey you can totally hear me stop shooting me it's fucking c4 in the car but he doesn't yeah he he ends up like uh just flopping out of the car letting the car go just before it explodes he gets arrested sent to jail good now is c4 really that volatile I thought, like, that was the whole reason it was a plastic explosive, because he's like, he needed... Like, it didn't yeah. need that, you know, you can kick it around and kind of, like, do whatever. It needs a certain voltage to detonate, like, that burnt signal to just make it blow. I have no idea. <laughs> Movie's got a movie. I don't care. Make it go boom, boom. <laughs> but now we get to uh, one of the best parts of the film for me. I know it's a little early, but I had a great time during this. Mariah Carey. Yes. And the song Fantasy. We had a sing-along in the living room as this song is the first one of three used to fill up quite a large amount of screen time. Yeah, uh, there was absolutely a sing-along in my living room as well. The soundtrack of the movie is pretty solid. But then we're also treated to that cliche of saying, hey, look how smart we are. We did the thing in our movie. And Eminem rolls up and is like, (laughs) it's rush hour. Pew, pew. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, as soon as he did that, we were just like, he said the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Pointing at the screen like Leo. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But yeah, bad guy pretends to be a cop, pulls the guys over, and uh, then just steals the girl. Dude, this guy is straight up fucking Asian 47. Like, he just tries to be everybody. Like, he's a cop, right. he's a chef, he's a bartender. Did you say Asian 47? Yes. Because <laughs> I called him C-1000. <laughs> Yeah, he's definitely got the Robert Patrick gears and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then he's, like, chasing the car and shit. I was like, Jesus Christ, he chased her into a candy van. Oh, God, dude. It was so yeah, like, convenient, too. I don't know if they even say this guy's name through the whole thing. I just have him as, like, bad guy. But he's definitely, like, this bleach-blonde Asian guy. Who, he's, uh... He's, he's born to be a bad guy. Yeah, he's technically Juntao. Like, you know, that's what everybody sees him as. He's, even though that's the code name of, like... Spoilers, the evil British man. Like, okay, I knew that the British guy was Jun Tao, but I never 
thought of anyone as considering him, like the the little blonde Asian boy, as yeah, Juntao. Yeah, Jackie Chan thought he was Juntao. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. All right. That's why even later on, like when he went to the restaurant or Chris Tucker, rather, he's like, uh, "Let me see Juntao," because like he saw that one gentleman, the little Eminem mm-hmm. man, walk into that restaurant. Okay. Now, it does a little cut to show how Jackie Chan is going to come to America to save this little girl. And he's going to get teamed up with Chris Tucker. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about Kojak don't need no partner. And all I could think was, Chris Tucker, why you look like Urkel's alter ego? No, <laughs> oh, Stefan. <laughs> yes. Right. I don't, like, yeah. I don't even understand his character in regards to like inside the police station. Because like, mm-hmm. I can definitely get his old partner, um, Elizabeth Pena or whatever. Mm-hmm. May she rest in peace. Like, you know, maybe they had like a falling out, but they're still like, you know, buds and stuff. But everybody else is so enamored to hear his story about he beat up 19 dudes and blew up like a whole block with C4. Like, Wait, is Elizabeth Pena dead? Yeah. Ah, oh, shit. Well, that's one fap I won't get back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. But this is also where the movie gets kind of confusing because they don't explain anything and they just really rely on Chris Tucker to talk really fast and a lot. I mean, it fucking works for me. Like, he's he's quite a treat. But, like, the gist of it is that Chris Tucker was going to get suspended no matter what. But then when the FBI called to, like, just find some pleb to watch Jackie Chan forever, the chief didn't have to do the paperwork for his suspension, so he just let him do it and just, you know, they could both kind of fuck off. Yeah, basically, uh, the... The, the important Chinese guy's like, hey, can I have one of my, you know, Chinese officers, uh, investigators, whatever, on this, uh, you know, so I can make sure some progress is being made. I know the FBI is great and everything, but, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not white. She's not white. Let me, let me get one of my Chinese fellas on this. And I love how they're like, whoa, 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 fella. We, we got this under control. We got the best guys inside and outside this house. And he's like, he's already on the plane. Yeah. Now, my favorite part of this was Drake from Aliens is the chief. Oh yeah, it's it's so fucking weird just to see him in anything other. Yeah, I saw him and I was like, oh shit, let's rock! I, I was I was trying to place him. I was like, is he that dude on that fucking uh, like uh, arrest show, like not America's Most Wanted, but the other one? I was like, nah, that's not him. Unsolved <laughs> Mysteries. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't know. They just have that cop face. Whatever. He he. Okay, he fits the part. Whatever. We've got a line here though that I I really I liked. Uh, I don't exactly remember who he was talking to, but Chris Tucker's like talking about how it's not great to be a cop. He's like, yeah, I'm LAPD. We're the most hated cops in the world. My own mom is ashamed of me. She tells everybody I'm a drug dealer. <laughs> now, they tell him it's G14 classified, and then it's he's the only man for the job, and he's super excited. Until he goes and picks up Jackie Chan. And then we are treated to a 90s barrage of friendly racism. Everybody yeah, like, loves a little friendly racism, right? Yeah, like uh, me and the missus were watching. Like every time he would say something considered insensitive today, I, I was just like, canceled. He's canceled now. Cancel that man. Hey, rice do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? <laughs> he berates him for quite a while. And then he has to call the office. And he's, like, apparently fucking ostracized at the yeah. office. And I, too, Everyone. was like, oh, it's because he got his, you know, he shot that dude's pinky off or whatever. And then it's like, nah, they all just know that he's racist. 
And I love how, like, they're all cops and they all have shit to do. Super important stuff to do, I'm sure. And they're just all crowded in the chief's office just fucking laughing their asses off at him. Which blows my mind because this is a guy searching for a missing child. <laughs> no wonder like, everybody fucking hates the LAPD. They're just fucking jerking off all day in the fucking office. Yeah, True. like, it even... Dude, if you actually think about what he's doing to Jackie Chan, Jackie Chan is there to save this little girl... Mm -hmm. from a fucking horrid fate and he's dead set on making sure she's okay and everyone else is like fuck you asian man go home yeah like literally what's the worst that can happen jackie chan comes pokes around sees what he can find he's a chinese detective like he's experienced on this got lots of skills i guess they might not know that but like what's the worst that can happen just let him let him do whatever he wants to do yeah, but, you know, the the way the feds are, like, portrayed in this movie, they're just, like, really just, like, full of themselves. There's like, yeah. ah, whatever, we're the best of the best. We can fucking do this every day. I'm a sexual what? tyrannosaur. You know, I don't fucking <laughs> need Jackie Chan rolling in. Uh, so Chris Tucker, you know, he decides he's just going to kill some time. He's going to he's gonna take Jackie Chan to see some sights. Takes him to the Chinese theater in Hollywood. It's like, mm -hmm. hey, maybe you see like one home. of your cousins. So... <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous and then it turns into red dead fucking redemption 2 because he's hanging out with him and he loses him and then he's chasing him all over the, over the place and loses him again and all he keeps doing is going lay lay it's just like that fucking bit where you see uh arthur stagger into the bar and he's like lenny you just can't seem to find him but he's everywhere because he's twisting around every asian guy he sees so I think the best part about this chase is that like he's he's clearly pissed at least for running off and that he has to like parkour on the back of a bus just to chase after him. Mm -hmm. but, like as soon as he's on the bus and he gets attention from all these other tourists, he starts posing for him, voguing around mm -hmm. with his fucking gun and badge. Yeah, it goes good. from uh, it goes from Red Dead Redemption to Grand Theft Auto pretty quickly when Chris Tucker steals like a like a little motorcycle and tries to catch this. What it's like a tour bus or something. Yeah, double decker. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he tries to do like, what do you call it? Run of the mill, like, hey, I'm a cop, I need your vehicle thing. And the guy's like, fuck, no, I'm not getting off. He just smacks him in the back of the head and he just gets off and holds his fucking helmet like it hurt. Yeah. We do find out that he speaks English whenever, what, uh, the taxi? He steals like, hey. a taxi in a very, very cool fashion. He climbs down the side of the bus, pops through a window, rolls across the roof, much like Raphael and Ninja Turtles. Remember that. <laughs> and then he goes right into the window, but then he gets tracked down. And this is the worst way to do it because it's supposed to be like a punchline or whatever that the entire time Chris Tucker doesn't know Jackie Chan can speak English because he never asked, number one. But suddenly the cops are like, freeze! And he's like, I'm a cop. And he's like, freeze! And Jackie Chan goes, whoa, we're both okay. And then they hit a fucking gong. <laughs> well, that's just how you know. That's how you punctuate like, the I, joke in the 90s. I, I didn't notice that. Yeah, it's like, boom! And it's like, Wow. Yeah, well, you know, that's just the translator. Well, it reminded me of, like, one of those old cartoon bits where, like, Hong Kong Fooey, where he would be like, oh, no, the jig is <laughs> no. up. And, and then it's just like, well, I didn't know I was going to get in trouble. And then he looks at the camera, and it's like, pong. Exactly <laughs> like that. Well, after the whole Mexican standoff between them two and the fucking taxi driver who just has a gun, you know, they kind of, like, cruise around the city. Chris Tucker, like, tries to roll around in his, like, little stomping ground, like, trying to ask people who he knows for information about this, uh, missing kid. And they roll up to this, like, little seedy bar in the middle of nowhere. And he clearly knows everybody in this bar, right? Yeah. Yeah, he walks in through the bar, like, there's a guy, like, smoking a roach sitting there. 
<laughs> the shit that he gives him is fucking flawless. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. It's like, oh, you got glaucoma? It's like, yeah, 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 it's just, just a cigarette. It's a cigar weed. He just puts it in his pocket and fucking yeah. books it. <laughs> like, when he's sniffing it, he goes... <laughs> Just trying to get a little bit. <laughs> There's a uh, a legal card game or something running in the back. I, I don't know if they're like supposed to be a money laundering business or whatever. I don't but know. This... The dude's in a red suit. He's possibly Satan. We don't know, but Chris Tucker's buddy buddy with him. This is funny. I like this little bit. Now, as soon as Jackie Chan gets kicked out of the room, they become super friendly because apparently Carter is a very crooked cop and he plays favorites for his cousin. Who this guy claims he is. Sure, why uh, not? Yeah. I mean, given his, like, how things transpired with the whole C4 stuff, you know what? Whatever. And he's just playing it up, and Jackie Chan had just overheard a phrase. <laughs> Correct. You're trying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a... It's a humbling moment, to say the least. It, so, it most certainly is. Alright, I'll, I'll be the guy. Alright, he, uh... You know, when they're they're coming into the bar to start out with you know chris tucker's giving his greetings to everybody you know what's up my n-word can i say that okay yeah that's probably fine all right walks in you know <laughs> talks to the bartender what's up my n-word you know like you and do got, in 1998 you know but like the, the juxtaposition between cute little jackie chan just trying to make friends and the bartender <laughs> yelled at him in his face and he just says it again yeah and that just starts like a, a bar fight with all of these like pool sticks and billiard balls and everything. This is a fun scene. Yeah, it just turns into a barroom blitz. <laughs> <laughs> like we all know that like, Jackie Chan is the absolute fucking king of just like physical fighting and physical gags and stuff. It's super impressive, even though it's like smaller scale. But him whipping up on people with those pool cues was fucking mm-hmm. ridiculous. I don't want any trouble. Whack, 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 whack. I know he's a nice guy, but like, how does Jackie Chan not play a bad guy? Because that's a total bad guy move. He's like, I don't want trouble. Murders everybody in the room. I told you I didn't want trouble. Drops the sticks and leaves. In his language, I don't want any trouble means I will break you. (laughs) I will break you. I am the machine. Now, he busts back into the room with Chris Tucker. And this is like my favorite exchange between... Chris Tucker and that fell in the red suit. He grabs him by the suit and kind of crumples up. He goes, man, if you don't take your fucking hands off me right now, this is my favorite suit. Your mama gave me this suit. And like, oh, there's a moment of him just like, yeah, I'm, this is silly. Yeah, I fucking lost it. Like, it's so, it feels so genuine. And it's funny as shit. It's like, all right, I'll see you at Thanksgiving. <laughs> I almost wanted a moment where they were just like, <laughs> a little, little kiss on the cheekbone. Yeah. I'm imagining, what's his name? Uh, Sir smokes a lot at half bait, just like kisses him <laughs> on the neck. That's good. Oh, but now we get a little bit more uh, lighthearted racism from Chris Tucker. He's like, you hungry? <laughs> Let me get you a cup of noodle. And then he fucking handcuffs him to the steering wheel. See, I had I had issues with that because like he was totally disarmed at that moment. Because he's like, mm-hmm. hey. Let me just go get something to eat, and we'll start looking up stuff. He's like, okay, cool. Just stay here. And then he's just like, click, click. Ah, I got you, bitch. And goes gets a fucking burrito. I got you bean and cheese. I, oh, you, you're gone. Yeah, he just up and left, steering wheel and all. And Jackie Chan has the worst social skills that I've ever seen in my life. The man has a steering wheel now attached to his arm. He walks up to, like, the fucking embassy or whatever that's supposed to be. Yeah, it's the consulate where all the uh, the FBI is. Why doesn't he just tell them, hi, my name is so-and-so. 
I'm with the consulate. Instead, he's like, please, you must let me in. I have the daughter. And he's like, what? Hey, there's a crazy dude talking about the daughter. And they're like, fucking smoke that pig. And he just beats him up. Yeah. Because because he has just like a mega thirst for whipping ass. That's all it is. <laughs> That's the only thing he's good at besides jumping over walls. What are you going to do, Jackie Chan? Kick your ass and parkour. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so he, like, skips over the wall and, like, sneaks into one of the bedrooms, or... And it's okay, because after he kicks someone's ass, he says, I'm sorry, while pointing their own gun at him. No, he, like, one-handed, like, strips the gun. I, I don't know what, what you're doing there, but he takes the, the magazine out and, like, disassembles it with one that hand. That was fucking boss. Like, yeah. I was just like, fuck, man. It's he, like, like he can roll this take, joint. It's like if you could take a... Uh spaghetti noodle and crumble it in your hand that's what it looked like it it didn't look like he was really even disassembling it It was just falling apart as he wiggled his fingers Mm -hmm. (laughs) so he goes up there and you know he makes things good with the consulate it's like hey i'm here everything's good but not before you know he has to whip a little bit more ass like i almost don't understand because he totally put the consulate's life in danger because like once that little fight scene occurs in the bedroom which is really fun the consulate himself opens the door to the room and there are has to be 15 federal agents guns pointed ready to blow that guy away whomever that was at the door yeah, yeah i mean didn't they learn anything when they stormed the capital no oh. yeah so eventually chris tucker shows up and is like hey you see a chinese man attached to a, a steering wheel oh no he's and... like hey have you seen an asia fellow about this tall with a steering wheel around his wrist and the guy's just like hey go screw yourself yeah. and he's like what i love chris tucker's exchanges in here but at the same time he gets into places to and from by just spouting nonsense at people. I mean, I've worked retail. That's how it works. Yeah, like he, he's got like all his points in just bullshittery. Sir, do you have a pass to let you into this restricted area? Hey, man, you seen an Asian guy with a steering wheel around his wrist? Get the fuck in there. <laughs> so while he's in there, we get the demands from the bad guy. A phone call comes in and Chris Tucker just decides upon himself to pick up the phone. He just fell like ass backwards into that phone call. Because he's in a shouting match between himself and the um, the head FBI guy. And the phone didn't even get a whole ring. It was like, Brrr! and he's already in his hands. Like, hey, how's it going? Uh, you want fucking uh, some kind of pizza? I don't know. Yeah, it's Jay Jonah. And he wants pictures of Spider-Man, goddammit. <laughs> but the way but... he handles that situation between what we find out is Juntao, per se, over the phone is great. Because, like, even though it kind of endangered the kid's life, it gave them enough time to track the phone call. Yeah, basically, bad guy wants $50 million, drop it off at this address, what, 11 o'clock tonight or something like that? Yeah. $50 million! Who the hell do you think that is? Chelsea Clinton? <laughs> the fucking, uh... The fucking, uh... Chelsea Grammer? Yeah! The fucking, uh, we call it the, uh... The outtakes. outtakes. The outtakes yeah. later on are fucking golden. Absolutely, oh, yeah. like, if nobody else was gonna bring it up, I absolutely was going to... At, like just like the end of every Jackie Chan movie, the outtakes and like the the cutscenes, phenomenal. He looks like he would be a blast to be on set with. Like no matter sure. who the other person is, you know, walking in with Jackie, you're gonna have a good time. Yeah, unless you see Owen Wilson, and you're like, oh, oh, yeah. Uh, what was it called? Uh, Shanghai Nights or Shanghai Noon or both yeah, both of, them? of those. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I saw one of them, and I, I remember it being pretty fun. I don't. I remember <laughs> thinking it was going to have, like, all the fun of rush hour, and mm-hmm. it was it was like 5 o'clock traffic. Oh, <laughs> oh no. 
in between the fight scenes, you're just fucking Jason Statham watching people die from smoking. <laughs> what the fuck? So they send the SWAT team down to this building, and Jackie Chan's just like, what, you... You can't send guys in there. That's fucking dumb. Yeah. He's not going to be in there. What are you doing? I mean, I understand, like, the Bureau just being, like, a fucking... Or just having, like, big dick policy. Like, you know, what we say goes and all that stuff. But this is fucking stupid. How they go by entering this building they have no information about. Yeah, it's obviously... It's a trap. And Ninja Spider-Man's already booked out of there long ago. Yeah, for sure. Like, that scream trap from the beginning. And both Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan are like, listen, that's a fucking trap. And they're just like, hey, I've got a mustache, so uh, I know what's up. <laughs> you better fucking believe it. And they go in there, and hey, guess what? It's a trap. And it's the phone a trap. Rings, and it explodes. And we get a little, a little, little shot of not Katomi Plaza going up in flame. Ooh, single tier. Beautiful. And, the, like, the explosion itself was actually quite large. Like, it was, I was just like, wow, that one seemed like a lot. Like, yeah, how's I've, that whole uh, building still up there? Yeah, I've, I've said this a lot recently because, for whatever reason, we've been, we've been doing a lot of movies that actually take place in L.A. I've been down this street in this area many times. Like, I know exactly where this is, pretty much. After that, Jackie Chan seems to spot Mr. Blonde Hair, and it's Chase 2, The Return, Ninja Lumberjack Attack. <laughs> To be honest, he wouldn't be that hard to find. Uh, he was the only dude on the street that was not a cop. Yeah. yeah, he was just like peeking out of an alley. Like, did it blow up yet? Jackie Chan sees him and is like, hey, bad guy. <laughs> and everybody else is like, whoa, look, hey, look, we're FBI. We got it. Turns her back to him. We got to watch this shit burn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this whole goddamn city's going to burn. It's like that fucking uh, evil dude from Old Brother that had like the fucking shades. It's just a fire in the fucking Oh, lenses. nice. Yeah. Yeah, but this uh, this little chase scene is actually pretty fun, too. Uh, they chase through, like, this abandoned building. Like, it's under, like, internal construction or something. And they shimmy up fire escapes and all kinds of fun stuff. It's fun. Then there's uh, the bad guy ends up with, like, a fireman's axe swinging into Jackie Chan. He does some of his little kung fu stuff. It's a good time. Now, the reason that everything is set up the way it is for all this parkour and then at the end the, the axe throwing is because they're actually building a cardio axe toss arena and grill and they happen to stumble into it. Are you making that shit up? I think you're making that shit up. But see, it seems believable, right? Like a place you can go to do parkour <laughs> and throw axes and get a little something to eat. Was it called uh, Hop and Chop? Uh, <laughs> yes. You know, there's got to be like a craft beer bar in there too. Just hop, has to be. Chop and Plop. <laughs> Well, hell, that's what they did later on, or in a bit. Chris Tucker just runs in, you know, blunt as always. And they wind up, like, crashing through this, like, little gurney area, this little walkway, and the bad guy gets away, and he wants more money because he gets found out. All of a sudden, he's like, man, you know what's going to be important? An EOD specialist. Let's go see my friend who just happens to be an EOD specialist. Yeah. The way the movie plays out later on, I feel like this is the best way to get that information across. Because, like, if she came out of nowhere, like, oh, yeah, I work for the bomb department, too. Mm -hmm. Hurt Locker. Yeah. That's me. Yeah, it's, uh, like, the the female officer that he was kind of flirting with earlier. He interrupts one of her, like, I don't know, what, what he exercises. Uh, you know, just like a little practice round. Yeah. And like, like how the like I okay it's 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 for laughs but like he mm -hmm. just walks in literally walks in takes one of the walls off the practice thing and just like gets right in her face like hey I need some help like, hey. she's like hey man don't move my fucking COVID blast screen 
six <laughs> feet, bro. Social distance. Yeah. And she goes, uh, she goes to her superiors like, oh, I was distracted. Don't be mad or anything. And the guy's just like, hey, distractions happen in real life. Chris Tucker will not leave us the fuck alone. <laughs> you sitting here every Tuesday, goddammit, and you know it. Now let this little Asian dude grab your tits. Oh, yes, fucking... Just grabs her by the chest or the pad. Wait, did that happen? Did I miss something? Yeah, okay, so in that scene, they ask her to tell them the information about that little sonic screwdriver that they have. And yeah, the little on the way out, Yeah, like, on the way out, she gets a little pissed, and, like, Jackie Chan just, like, stops her from beating the shit out of Chris Tucker, but, like, where his hands land are right on her chest, and then she he, like, looks down at his hands, he's like, oh, sorry, and, like, scurries away himself. <laughs> miss that all together. So uh, their next clue is to head to jail and visit Clive, who is Chris Penn, the guy that they caught originally selling the C4. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, what she actually tells him is like, hey, that could be anything. That could be a garage door opener, or it could detonate some C4. Chris Tucker's like, C4? I know a guy that has C4. And it's time for us to C4 ourselves. You know, confronts this guy. He's like, hey, tell me what this is. He's like, no, you're just trying to fucking frame me like you just did like 10 minutes ago. And he's like, ah, you got me. And Jackie Chan goes, hey, man, have you seen this kid? And the guy's like, oh, my God, let me tell you everything. Yeah, he definitely has, like, an appeal to emotion here. Like, here's this little girl. She's going to die if you don't help. And he's just like, his name is John Tao. And then Chris Tucker, he gets, like, super happy. He's like, oh, man, I'm going to buy some cookies for your fat ass. And, you know, like, <laughs> he, he gave him the information because, you know, he didn't want any more shit. But, you know, you can't shoot the messenger. Ooh. Speaking of the messenger, I'm about to shoot him myself. What I've got here today from Three Weavers Brewing Company out of Inglewood, California. It's the messenger, which they call a sunny India pale ale. It's got Citra, Eldorado, and Sabro hops to create a beer that's bright, sunny, and sure to deliver. Oh, because it's a messenger. I get it. Clever. Wow, that sounds way better than the Postman starring Kevin Costner. <laughs> Let loose your dogs of wall. The aroma is good and fruity, citrusy, you know, orange, lemon, grapefruit. Flavor is clean, definitely hoppy. Uh, Not not super citrusy in like a New England uh, style kind of way, but it's definitely got like that citrus, especially grapefruit and lemon. Like this is a good West Coast style. Like it says uh, sunny. This is a West Coast style IPA. Pretty solid one, too, to be honest. Nothing nothing real crazy about it. No deep dives into any of those uh, specific flavor areas. But it's really well-balanced. Lots of the citrus. A little bit of that uh, resiny flavor, too. I mean, it's pretty solid. That's all I can say about it. Well, hey, you know what? Speaking of solid, that solid information takes them to that little Chinese restaurant where uh, Jun Tao happens to be. Man... All right, so they pull up to this uh, Chinese restaurant in Chinatown. I guess they're just kind of scoping the area out a little bit because they're hanging out. You know, you got uh, War by Edwin Starr comes on the radio. and You know, yeah. everybody loves that song. And it's, this is a classic scene to me. Yeah, it's very short but very sweet. You know, the movie doesn't spend very long to, like, let Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan get to know each other. But I feel like they were already a match made in heaven because this little scene just before they go into the restaurant is just, like, pure just... I don't know. There's like some little magic between them. So like they don't really need that much time to like already be best buds. Yeah, this is buddy cop magic right here. For sure. Yeah, this is like Jackie Chan's trying to sing along and doing so in a very um, Chinese way. (laughs) Chris Tucker's like, no, no, that's not how you do it. 
Oh. You gotta just... put some gut into it, you know? Oh. And honestly, like, still today, like, whenever I hear that song, I don't hear it very often. But when I hear this song, I think of this scene. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Especially, like, when you're singing along, like, the good God, y'all. That, you know, that's gotta come from the gut, and that's exactly what I'm thinking of every time. Y'all. 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 <laughs> yeah. And of course, and of course, like, the stakeout pays off. They are immediately treated to the bad guy just walking into the place that they're surveilling. And this is probably my favorite part of the whole movie. You know, Chris Tucker is like, hey, Jackie, just stay outside, look for anything inconspicuous, and just be in in five minutes to get my back. Clear as day. And Jackie Chan's, like, super nervous. He's like, I don't act like a cop, but if you need it, you can take my ID and you can flash it. He hands him the ID, and it's a picture of Chris Tucker, probably, like, ten years younger with a big fro and mustache. Yeah. Jackie takes one look at it, and he's like, oh, this won't work. I'm not 6'1". <laughs> oh, Jackie, you're so sweet and innocent. Yeah. <laughs> Chris oh. goes in and gets granted a meeting with uh, the bad guy who is aware that Jackie Chan and him are on his case. And they're like, nah, fucking kill these dudes. And he gets in just by just harassing this poor lady that works yeah. there. He's like, here... I'm I'm here for a meeting with Jun Tao. You know Jun Tao? Yeah, I'm his lawyer. I really don't want to wait around. I come, you know, all the way across the country. I came from China for this. So I came from <laughs> Jun Tao. Uh, please let go. I don't care. Go on. Go ahead. Tell Mr. Jun Tao I'm here for him. Tell him like, I'm here. And y'all got any eel? Yeah. How's your camel hump? Like he, he definitely has a, like, um, quasi-sincerity as, like, fucking the dude from Fifth Element. Because, like, some waitress is just like, Carrying a plate of food to somebody else's table, like no, 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 no come here, come here, come here. He <laughs> takes a big old whiff, like no, 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 get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ruby Rod. In the meantime, we get like a little Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles reference too. Oh yeah. There's a lot of weird things that just pop up and out of nowhere in this film that are they they really shouldn't add to it, but they do. I still haven't been to a Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. I need to. I know there's several close to me. I'll check that off the list though whenever I, whenever I can. Well, there we go. But he he books it upstairs to get his meeting, and this is really fun. Like probably the most memorable thing from this movie I can think of, especially because the trailer played it over and over and over and over every time you saw it. <laughs> whenever he walks in and everyone's like standing there, he's like, "You won't fight me man to man," and all of a sudden, just a Zohan foot comes flying <laughs> up, kicks him right in the face. <laughs> Dude, 100%. Which one y'all kick me? And, like, the biggest <laughs> dude of the group, he's like, me! And he looks like he's like, huh. And just punches somebody else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, that's that's one of those memorable lines that, you know, I, I'm going to remember until the day that I die. Which yeah. one y'all kick me? Like, the line is great, but it's the movie's way of showing that, like, finally his big mouth gets him in trouble. Because, like, he's mm -hmm. not the best fighter. He's not the best gunsmith. But, like, his bullshittery just finally, you know, petered out, you know. That's as far as he could go. Yeah, and when the shit hit the fan, who has to come save the day? Jackie Chan. He's like, police! And he tries to flip open that little badge, and he just throws it on the floor, and immediately <laughs> says, has to start drop-kicking people. It's yeah. like, oh, shit. He's <laughs> like, well, I guess I have some ass to kick. <sighs> and he just goes to town. But I mean, when, uh... should have just walked in and threw it down and <laughs> started beating him up. <laughs> <laughs> just like as a distraction, yeah. Yeah, not even bother with the disguise or anything. But when Chris Tucker gets up there, uh, just before Jackie Chan gets up there, when Chris Tucker first arrives, you know who's up there? 
the actual Juntao, which is Griffin from earlier. Spoilers! Oh my god. That's a fucking plot twist. The the yeah, old British guy who was him. supposed to be a good friend of uh what is he? He's a consulate? Yeah. Yeah. I got him written down as not Ian Holm. That's pretty oh, good. Yeah. He definitely comes off like the guy who's just like his entire like family lineage was just to pack the British Museum with stolen shit. Yeah, no yes. doubt. Now, they have to get out of there after doing all these fancy little karate moves together and show that they have united as a team. And they jump down this fire escape in the 69 position. <laughs> all I could think was, I wonder if that's called the double dragon. Oh, no. I fucking oh, wrote no. down double dragon. Yes! I swear to God I did. That's great. You got Jimmy and Bimmy. <laughs> yeah, there's... There's all kinds of, like, great... Like, this whole scene is full of great choreography just between the two of them. But they do escape, and I don't remember why, but there's a... Oh, they they start a fire in the kitchen, and there's an explosion, and uh, LAPD shows up right on time to miss everything. Do you know that the explosion was way too big for what it should have been? And, like, when it fucking went off and the whole kitchen lit up, Jess was like, oh, those poor kitchen workers. (laughs) It's because there was uh, C4 in the tea closet. Oh, man. (laughs) One comes crawling out, like 30% burned, stands up, peels away the burned flesh to show the T-800 endoskeleton and says, that's what chefs do. (laughs) Starts to walk (laughs) off. The escalation, though. (laughs) No, I I was thinking more like crawls out, you know, 30% burnt, but is actually like Will Ferrell in a fez. Oh, (laughs) I'm just really yes. badly burned. Oh. All right, so Chris Tucker done fucked up too many times. He gets kicked off the mission. Jackie Chance gets sent home. But of uh, course, you know, you can't just let it go. So uh, Chris Tucker just fucking wanders into an airport dressed as like a, a tarmac guy. And he just gets on the plane that Jackie's about to leave on. He's like, hey, listen, uh, talk to the pilot. Can't leave. You need a fucking alternator in the wing. We're all going to die. You got to tell him we can't leave. And yeah. the poor girl's just like, yeah, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll tell him, I guess. <laughs> and then Jackie Chan goes, you're shame. You, you bring shame to your family and your father. He died for nothing. But then they're like, you know what we got to do? We got to go to this Chinese ball, like the one from Entrapment. It's, oh, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, things get a little squeezed, so the next drop-off has to be at the L.A. Convention Center. And, like, you know, as this is happening, all that cool shit that Jackie saved at the beginning of the movie is now being presented to everybody as this, like, whole artifact collection. And so they have this gala thing going on. So there's, like, a hundred people, I'm guessing rich people, just kind of hanging out and gawking at these things mm-hmm. while, like, the FBI has this everything kind of, like, I don't want to say handled, but they're there. Yeah. So yeah. now the bad guy wants $70 million and he wants the drop to happen like at the upstairs control room. This is when, you know, this all comes to a head. The whole movie comes to a head right here. Yeah. They're looking at the surveillance cameras. They see Sean Connery standing down there. Where's my pasta? <laughs> I'm going to get so much fucking pasta with $70 million. <laughs> Do you notice that while he's giving this consulate speech, there's a Dr. Phil-looking motherfucker just sitting in the background? I fucking, I don't know. Just fucking Phil McGraw just hanging out, just having a drink. <laughs> then uh, Chris Tucker comes in and is like, hey, catch me outside. How about that? <laughs> Dude, he had a fucking good point, though. Like, hey, 
let's get everybody out of here and whoever stays like you know they got something to lose i'm like that's a pretty fucking good point but then you realize like everybody has uzis and there's like c4 strapped to a girl outside i love that he just runs up grabs the mic he's like carbon there's a bomb carbon carbon my man Oh, and they, they try to give you some shocking villain reveal. He's like, yeah. ah, here I am. Now everyone knows I'm I'm the bad guy. I know I'm your friend, but I'm really the bad guy. And I mean, the dude straight up strolls up to fucking Eminem at the bar. And he's like, yeah, cahoots. He's not even trying to hide it, which blows my mind because he could still reschedule or anything. They didn't have any real evidence besides circumstantial evidence. Jackie Chan and Tucker aren't even on the case, and this guy's like, fuck it, everyone knows. Yep, the jig is up. Yeah, the, uh, I guess the motivation for this whole thing was whenever all, like, this guy, I guess he's a big, like, warlord in Hong Kong, the, the British guy. He was in control of all these, like, priceless artifacts, but I guess Jackie Chan's work, and when, you know, Hong Kong went back to the Chinese rule... He lost all of it all, so... Well, I think the kidnapping was just because of that last bit of loot. I think that was like the straw that broke the camel's back. Because mm. the, the the amount that he was asking for was just the amount that all that shit was worth at the uh, convention center. So what you're really saying is the bad guy in all this really just wanted to get paid for all of the stuff that he had stolen from him? Exactly. Mm. Wait. Jintao did nothing wrong. <laughs> just plastered it on the side of a Mountain Dew bottle. Justice for Juntao. Justice for Juntao. Goodness. But of course, you know, when Chris Tucker clears the air of everybody, like, the only people left, bad guy McGillicuddy, a handful of FBI agents, and of course, you know, the gang. One of which immediately runs away, though. Chris Tucker's just like, I'm out. (laughs) But, you know, he had, like, he had a pretty good motive. Like, he'd just go find the girl in the parking lot. And of course, like, the van is just protected by one inept guard. And even Chris Tucker kicked his ass. Mm-hmm. And we're not even talking about, like, thick Chris Tucker either. Oh, yeah, I forgot he got big shit. But he's he's out there and he's got the bomb kid. And did we mention the EOD <laughs> the chick kid. is there, too? Because she yeah, is. Yeah, she was yeah. The, the, the date of Chris Tucker for the evening. She recites poetry to the kid as she snips the thing. And it's supposed to be like a <gasps> tense scene. But at the same time, you go, they're not blowing up that kid. And they make Man, sure if that, they did, you know, this would be a way different movie. Yeah, yeah like imagine the fucking balls this movie would have if that would happen. Well, I mean, I thought they showed balls whenever they had the little kid go in there, and her line is literally <laughs> "blow me up, goddammit. And Chris Tucker's like, "You've heard the kid." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like uh, Chris Tucker's trying to like goad the guy into like. I don't know, just giving up because he knows that he's not going to actually push the button. He's like, come on, push the button. Push the button. And Dot is just like, yeah, push the goddamn button. And it's adorable. I like the, the quick shot of both Jackie's face and her father's face. are just like, excuse me? You ain't gonna do nothing, you punk bitch. <laughs> just... If you come out of this alive, you're getting a spanking. <laughs> oh. She just flips him off, smacks two Steve Weisers together, and you hear, burn out, burn out, burn out. <laughs> But, you know, like, uh, that lady, Elizabeth Pena, like, you know, she takes the vest off of her and everything, saves the day with her little rhyme, not through skill. Were you guys confused on how the main villain just suddenly walks away, ends up in the control room with all the people, and is single-handedly able to wipe out the entire FBI? Yes, it was so fucking dumb. Like, that was the only part that I had, like, a legitimate issue with, is because 
fucking Chris Tucker could have blown away the bad guy, Eminem, save the day. Because, like, there's no way the henchman would ever, ever, like, acted alone or anything. Mm. But this guy walks in, shoots five federal agents one by one, not even in a quick John Wick manner. He's just like, bang, 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 bang. Hey, he looked at me. Also, bang. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I didn't really pay attention to it. I was just, like, waiting for the, the big uh, gun-fu kind of fight that was about to happen. Yeah, starring Jihadi Chan. So Jackie's now got the bomb vest, and he's basically fighting people with the bomb vest. Yeah, uh, and at some point he needs, like, both hands to climb, because there's... uh, Once uh, Jun Tao gets all the money, he starts climbing, trying to get up to the roof, and then Jackie Chan needs both of his hands to climb, to chase him. So he puts the vest on himself. I mean... Um, I get it, but, like, come on. For real, it's so tough. You're like, wait, what? Okay, and why is this dude, this old fucking dude, climbing this building? Well, he told uh, his helicopter driver to meet him on the roof, so he gets escaped. You used the stairs. You were just in the control tower eliminating the FBI. Why are you now climbing the inside infrastructure of this building? And then Sean Connery's like, I came here for the posture not to be a part of Die Hard. <laughs> uh, I've got that written down. It's uh, Die Hard Fountainfall. That's... Yeah, uh, I think he should have had a had a plan B in that that little vest. No, his like whole entire plan was just like, hey, look how nimble I am. He scrambles up there, and they're kind of battling, and the guy falls. Jackie Chan grabs on. The guy grabs on to Jackie Chan's bomb vest as the quote-unquote $70 million briefcase is bursted open and money rains down <laughs> around them. Yeah. There's no fucking way that you have $70 million in a single suitcase. No, there were, uh, like, I think three suitcases, and he just grabbed one. Yeah, he just yanked one. And, it, Ooh, like, okay. I had to go back on this bit because Jackie Chan's, like, hanging precariously off this ledge, and he's smacking him with the briefcase full of money. It does swing open, and it goes everywhere, and it took me a moment to figure out how, like, a grown-ass man just, like, got his entire body over the railing onto Jackie Chan like that. <laughs> he had to have stopped what he was doing, climbed down, dragging his taint across Jackie Chan's forehead, <laughs> mounted his back, and was like, suddenly I'm falling! I mean, whatever, it just culminates into, like, fucking lame Hans Gruber or whatever, and he plummets into that little fountain. Yeah, and I like how Chris Tucker pretty much tells us directly, oh, you know he's dead as shit. Woo, yeah. he ain't gonna be in Rush Hour 2. <laughs> Splash, he did. And yeah. then this whole bit with Jackie Chan ready to fall to his death for the next five minutes and Chris Tucker going, I'll be back, I'm gonna get an ambulance. Nah, I'm just playing with you. <laughs> and he's just up there like, da <laughs> Now, how he, he solves this solution is he grabs one of these long, silky, maybe canvas banners, pulls it out, and Jackie Chan releases and slides down it. Now, mind you, Jackie Chan does all of his own stunts. We all know this. Yeah, this is a great and scene. This would be fucking scary to do. Yeah. Growing up, I watched a lot of Jackie Chan flicks, and I saw this man drop four stories through three banners and break his neck on the ground for a stunt. Like, that's just nothing to him. <laughs> yeah, he's falling from, what would you guys say, like 75, 100 feet, if I had to guess? He fell the height of at least one L.A. convention center. Yeah. 
He dropped from the height of one giant mechanized spider. <laughs> oh no, just thud. <laughs> but he's okay. But I like uh, he does land. He you know everything happens successfully. He lands in this uh, this banner, which he turns into like a little slicky slide and slides right into Chris Tucker. And he's like, oh thank you, thank you. He's so happy. He starts kissing him. He's like, oh sorry, I was just being polite. So next time, be polite to my nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the tagline to the movie. I think I saw that on the box. Yeah, oh, and then we get all the little wrap it up quick, yeah. happy ending nonsense. Yeah, it's it feels good to see this be wrapped up cleanly, but it is very rushed. I mean, they only had an hour. <laughs> oh, and you gotta have time for the outtakes too, because that's what everybody comes to see, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. And I sat here for two hours just to hear. Chris Tucker called Jackie Jackie. Look, he can't say Charlize Theron. He says Charlize Theron. <laughs> nice. But for sure, like, these outtakes are fucking wonderful. It just shows you, like, how fun and lighthearted making this movie was, and everybody was just having a great time. It also yeah, it... shows the dedication that Jackie Chan puts into these stunts and how many times it takes him to get them perfect for us to get to view it and make it seem like he's having such an easy breezy time. Mm -hmm. yeah nothing but love for jackie chan for doing all this like it's i I just i just can't even imagine like his body has to be just mush Uh, well you know what what doesn't kill you make you stronger so he's just like 98 percent scar tissue by now his bones are like increased calcium you know just super strong just encased in spare calcium that's probably what it is but yeah the outtakes just like if you're gonna watch the movie and you think oh credits are coming turn it off no no you got to stay for the outtakes well personally getting to see this movie after so long of having not seen it this is a great time like man i don't know if it's that 90s charm that we keep talking about but like the chemistry between these two fellas is fucking amazing it's a lot of fun to see them do their own shtick they're completely different and i get that's what makes the whole buddy cop thing work but by the end of this movie you're like yes i want some more yeah no doubt like it's been years since I've seen this movie, but it still has that charm. Thankfully, it does. Um, honestly, I'm probably going to watch Rush Hour 2 one day this week just because like, I'm ready for it. I want it. This is great. Chandler's like, I've always wanted to square Madden. <laughs> I think this, this combo of Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker could have worked in any situation. Like, pizza delivery boys. Jackie Chan's got to make sure he gets it there in under 20 minutes less. And, you know, Chris Tucker's back at the place answering the phone and being a smart ass. I think that that would work just as good as them having to save, you know, the world. They work so well together and it just, I don't know, it's a blast to watch. Well, there you have it. Rush Hour from 1998. If you have any strong feelings about the movie or the show alone, leave it in the comment section below. Hit that like and subscribe button. Hit that bell icon, too, so you know next time we've got another one of these ruin. Check us out on social media. we got an Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and a Reddit. We have an administrator who's constantly pumping out stuff for you guys. So check it out, or we'll put uh, Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker singing War on loop for 48 minutes. What's a good for? Absolutely nothing. Good God, y'all. Say it again! Uh, huh.